If you want peace, prepare for war. This is Parabellum, a Cyberbit podcast. Hello again, and welcome to our webinar of 2019 Sun Fox Server Recap. My name is Oren Aspir. I'm the CTO of Cyberbit. So I'm joined by Yarden Altman, who is our SOC specialist. And what we're trying to do in the next almost one hour is to give you the essence of uh, the SOC survey and some of our insights on the finding during uh, this survey. So first of all, before starting and going over the server, server results, just a bit of introduction about who we are and Cyberbit. So Cyberbit was founded at mid-2015 as a spin-off from Elbit Systems. Elbit Systems is the largest uh, private defense company in Israel. So actually what was done previously is taking all the cyber technologies that were developed in Elbit in the last 20 years or so and spin off as a commercial subsidiary uh, in order to sell those technologies uh, into the commercial market. So all of our technologies and products are actually been validated in the defense industry and government and military. So we have quite robust technologies in our company. So today we employ 250 employees, um, most of them in Israel. And we have also global presence in offices in the US, Europe, and Asia. So uh, what we'll try to do today is to go over the key survey findings. Um, we'll go and see what had changed from 2019 survey and 2018. And then we'll try to tackle the main findings. It's a bit of a spoiler, but the two main findings would be around overcoming the skill shortage and the role of so in SOC optimization. Uh, those would be the two topics that we will focus today in the webinar. And then in the end, we have a Q&A session uh, where you can ask us whatever you want on those topics. So as I said, today with me, I have Yarden, and she will cover the SOC aspects of uh, the session. So what is the 2019 SANSOC survey? So the objective of uh, the survey was uh, to collect information for more than 350 SOC leaders around the world in regarding to the performance technologies and processes they have inside a SOC. This is one of the most comprehensive surveys around SOC operation that exists today. And the, uh, as part of uh, this report, it also offers some guidance for you how to build and maintain an effective SOC. So if you would like to see uh, the full report, you can take it from Cyberbit site. So we have it at under www.cyberbit.com. Under the resource section, you can download the full report if you would like to see all the findings. So let's dive into the key server findings. So we'll just choose the one that made the most impact and now the more important ones and see what are the implications around them. So let's start with some statistics out of uh, this report. So we can see that most of the SOCs are between two to 10 uh, full-time employees, while the majority is from two to five. So you can see that the largest group of SOCs uh, is still relatively small. So we'll see that the majority employs small teams and only some, the minority have bigger SOCs. 10% of those SOCs can claim or claims that they actually cover all their smart systems, meaning that the coverage of most SOCs 
is limited in regarding to the di digital uh, assets of the organization. So we see that SOX are struggling to get more coverage and only small portion of them really cover all the di digital assets. Uh, we can see also that 11% of the SOX actually automate uh, their performance metrics, meaning that automation is still at the beginning stages and most of the performance is being done manually that overloads uh, the SOC teams. And in regard to incident response teams, we can see that still 94% of them, of the organization, keep the IR internally. Uh, and it's in most of those internal functions, it's part of the SOC, meaning that external or outsourcing the incident response team is still something that is quite rare. So we do see the trend of having outsourced detection, but the incident response itself is still a key function inside the organizational SOC. And when we look at the main barriers for SOC excellence, uh, we see two major aspects in regard to that. Uh, the first one is something that keeps on repeating is around the lack of skilled staff. So we can see that in the last year SOC survey, 58% of the surveyed SOC people claimed that their main barrier would be lack of skilled staff. We can see it as a main reason of holding back many SOC. And on the other hand, we still see that 50% of those SOCs still claiming that lack of automation and orchestration is something that limits them in order to excel and improve uh, their SOC. And when you, we dive into the technologies, we can see that the majority of the users, 43% uh, of uh, the SOC uh, surveyed, said that they are not satisfied with the source. So in the full report, you can see uh, the satisfaction from different technologies, you will see that, uh, for instance, SIM seems get a very high score in regarding to satisfaction, and we can see that on the other hand, 43% uh, of those surveyed saying that they are not satisfied with the source, and in a way, it's a bit contradicting uh, all the buzzwords we hear about source, and we'll touch it later on, what would be or maybe the reason for this uh, dissatisfaction and what would be the ways to improve the implementation of uh, SOAR products. So when we are looking at the results uh, of 2019, it's quite interesting to see what a change from 2018 said. So I don't know if you may guess or may think uh, what would be the main thing that have changed, but the reality is that not much exchange. So the main two barriers that we had last year were actually the same. So in 2018, we had 62% around the lack of skilled staff and 53% around the lack of automation. And you can see that the numbers are quite the same. So we see that over the last year, although uh, all the SOCs identified their barriers and their problems, in fact, they didn't manage to solve or to improve their situation around uh, those two key elements. And then this raises the question, if everyone knows where the problem are, why don't we see any kind of improvement? Because the slight changes in those numbers doesn't really show uh, that we have any improvement on those two topics. 
And then we want to understand why actually we didn't improve on those topics. So when we look at the lack of skilled staff, uh, why are we still on the same situation where we are keep on complaining that we don't have enough people to operate the SOC? So what I would suggest here are two topics that in a way I think that holding back those SOCs to improve on those aspects. The first thing is the buy versus build. So usually we see this slogan in regarding to technology, but we can also think about that on regarding to people. Whether you want to buy skills, meaning to hire skilled personnel, that we know that it's very hard, or whether you want to build your own people, meaning taking junior staff, unexperienced people, and train and build their capabilities in order for them to serve in the SOC. So we still don't see uh, that many organizations going on for the build approach because, as you know, recruiting skilled personnel is very hard. So instead of waiting for those skilled personnel to be found, the approach would be changed to build your own uh, staff, meaning taking on junior staff experience or get them experience as part of on-the-job training, and we'll show you some uh, some tools to do that later on in the, this webinar. And then you can mitigate uh, this barrier of lack of skill staff by creating your own skill staff. And this is a key point that can help you with that. The next thing is around the effective tools for equipping uh, the staff with the right capabilities. So when we are talking about the lack of skill staff is also in regard to the existing staff in those organizations. So eventually you need to employ uh, advanced tools in order to equip your SOC teams with the right capabilities in order to have an effective detection and response team. Later on, we will discuss uh, the approach of using hyper-realistic simulation in order to train those people in a realistic environment and equip them with the experience and the capability to cope with actual cyber attacks. So those are the staff that in a way holding you back in regarding to improving on the skilled staff portion. On regard to the lack of automation and orchestration, what, what, what I consider to be the drawbacks are first of all the conservativeness, conservativeness of the organization. A lot of organizations talk about automation, but when it comes to actual implementation, they hold back the number of tasks that they are willing to automate. So in the end, they are ending up with implementing a sole product that automates only small portion of the work and not gaining the full power of such a product. The second drawback around this dissatisfaction from the technology is sort of the mis-expectation of a sole product. So a sole product is not really plug and play. Many people think that it's like a magic bullet that will bring in a soul to the organization, connect it to the sim, run the built-in uh, playbooks and connectors, and then it will do magic and automatically will solve, solve our problems. But this is not really the case. Later on, we will show you what we consider to be the key elements to have a successful SOAR implementation, and you will see what would be the guidelines for you to implement a SOAR correctly in order to utilize and benefit from the values that it can produce you and to improve your satisfaction rates 
from those kind of technologies. So moving ahead, let's talk about overcoming uh, the SOC staffing challenges. So as I said previously, uh, this is one of the major key challenges that we see that is repeating year after year with not much of a proven. So I would like to start uh, with a short poll about how do you train your SOC teams. So let me turn on uh, the poll and then we'll see your results. So um, how do you train your people? Whether you use presentation and documents, external courses, do you use advanced cyber ranges, or you don't usually train your people? So I will give you around a minute to answer the questions and then we can review the results. So as you see that the majority of youth are still using whether it's external course kind of presentation and teaching or internally using presentation documentation. So as you can see that most of the training is still being done in traditional ways that are more theoretical and less practical. Only the minority of you are really using a more suitable advanced tools like the CyberEnge that this will be the next uh, topic that I want to cover. Moving ahead, Let's talk about the skill shortage in fact. So as you can see from multiple surveys by multiple organizations, we can see that uh, skill staff is a drawback for many organizations. Uh, most of the applicants are not really qualified to the requirements of the jobs. Uh, they are not getting the adequate levels of training in order to keep up with the risk and they don't really understand the business of cybersecurity. So eventually, all of those facts actually is resulting in uh, the end game that you don't have enough people that can actually effectively operate your SOC. And the training challenges around that are quite vast. So we have the individual skill development limited, uh, that is limited, meaning that you have different professions inside your SOC. You have the tier one, tier two, malware analysts, you have vulnerability assessment teams, you have SOC managers. So you have multiple professions, but you don't really have the, uh, the suitable tools or the suitable uh, environment to train those professionals in uh, the skills they need to have in those uh, roles that they are going to have. Another aspect is the low fidelity of the training. The fact that the training is sort of theoretical and doesn't really prepare those uh, people to the real life because they're talking about theoretical attack, they're seeing mostly presentation. They don't really see the effect of attack on an environment that what really needed to be done. And this results in a low effectiveness of the training. Another aspect or another challenge in training is the logistics. Whether uh, you want to send your people to a training, meaning that you need someone else to cover the role in the SOC, and this limits you in the number of training that you can send your people. So eventually, instead of training them at your, your convenience and your environment, you are uh, in a way spending time in sending them outside and then uh, resulting in less training and less courses for them. Another challenge is preparing them for advanced threat. So how many of you can actually say that your SOC people actually have done and seen 
a real attack in a real environment before it will happen to them in your uh, environment. So the challenge would be how to train them on a real attack, a multi-stage attack that affects several uh, aspects of the organization without really jeopardizing your environment or without waiting for them to experience that in your organization because in a way advanced attacks are the ones that are more rare. So on the daily job, they will see the common attacks like phishings and, I don't know, SQL ejection and so on. But a, multi a multi-stage attack that will do lateral movement and so on, eventually they will face only once in a while and you don't want them to see it for the first time when it happens in your organization. The last challenge around uh, the training would be around teamwork. Eventually, a SOC operation is a teamwork where you have different skills and different uh, people that need to work together in order to detect, detect, investigate, and respond to each of those attacks, mainly the complex one. And eventually, you want also to improve the communication and teamwork between the team members. So you would want to have like collaboration kind of training that you have your entire team working on the same security incident together and not only improving their technical skills, but also improving uh, their teamwork and collaboration. So the answer to those challenges would be using hyper-realistic simulating training, simulated training. So this will provide you training when you like, meaning that Whenever you want to start a session, you can connect to such an environment, a realistic environment, a simulated environment that doesn't really affect your production environment, and start a training. Whether you are doing that during uh, day hours or whether you are doing that during the night shift. So you can assign the night shift to conduct those kind of training where they have more time and making them uh, spending their time doing also training on top of their uh, daily monitoring. The second thing would be using real-world networks, meaning taking uh, enterprise-grade networks, multi-segmented networks that comprise from uh, things that are similar to most of the organizational networks, uh, or even creating your own duplication of your network inside a simulated environment in order for uh, those SOC operators to actually train in an environment that resembles the production environment. On this environment, you will apply real-world tools, meaning that you would like to have the same technologies that you have inside the production also running inside your simulated network, whether it is the SIM or the firewalls or the endpoint protection, so whatever technologies that you use inside your production environment, you want to have also on the simulated environment. And on this environment, you want to inject real-world complex attack, multi-step attack that will simulate from simple attacks to complex attacks, different type of attacks to different type of professions. So you want to simulate attacks that will... Uh, help tier one operators to identify attacks. You may want to inject malware that will train your malware analyst, or you may want to give some uh, hacking task to your vulnerability assessment teams or for your pen testers to try to hack to the environment in order to improve the skills. So you want to have those real world scenarios running inside the simulated 
environment and to give them the real life experience of training in a realistic environment. And this leads us into the Cyberbit range. Uh, so Cyberbit is a world leader in providing uh, cyber range. So we actually have the most deployed uh, cyber ranges all around the world. Uh, we've been doing that since 2013. Uh, we have quite a vast experience in doing that. So our product is uh, comprised from a multi-segmented network that includes uh, different tools, whether uh, we have um, different themes, whether it's QRADAR or ArcSight and other type of themes, firewall, whether it's Palo Alto, checkpoint and so on, endpoint protection like McAfee. Uh, we have inside also a simulated internet because we want uh, to have the entire ecosystem of an attack running within a simulated environment. In some attacks we have simulated C2 servers reside on the simulated internet and uh, communicates with malware that infiltrated into the network. In some attacks, we have uh, them starting from the user segment. In some attacks, it started from the internet. Uh, on this environment, we also have traffic generator that generates benign traffic, actually simulates uh, the users running inside the environment and creating the noise because we want to mimic a real environment. We have a virtualized, virtualized SOC. This is where the trainees are actually connected. They are getting um, like a virtual uh, endpoint inside a virtualized SOC that is connected to this simulated environment. And from there on, they have the regular tools they need to connect, whether it's the firewall management or the SIM management or doing RDP or SSH to the servers and endpoints inside the network. So this is their environment to run in. And then to this environment, we have an automatic attack generator that actually injects uh, those different attacks. And again, based on the type of uh, training session that we have, we inject different type of attacks, whether we are training now tier one or uh, we are training pen testers. So the coordinator or the SOC manager can decide that is running different type of attacks in each session, and then the trainees themselves actually don't know what is happening. From their point of view, it's just another shift, just another day in the office, and then things will start happening inside this environment, and they need to react to that. So what we had so far is uh, we've been selling this cyber range as a platform that were hosted by universities, service providers, and enterprises. So in order to improve uh, the enterprise sort of accessibility to such an advanced training, we have a new offering that actually uh, giving access to this environment via the cloud. So this is a new offering where we are sort of providing this platform as a service to enterprise that want to train their people either as teams or individual running on this environment that is often on the cloud per session. And then you can train them on different scenarios, whether you are doing a full SOC uh, team training or whether you just want to have an individual kind of training and you don't need to host this environment. You will just connect uh, remotely via your browser to the cloud environment and have your people training in this environment. And this will help you in a way to build your skill set and build your people in order to improve their skills. So if you would like to dive into the different use cases 
where you can use the cyber range for, first of all, is training multiple roles. As I said, we have training scenarios to the different tiers inside the SOC, the SOC manager is part of doing team training, malware analysts, and pen testers. Also, we have diverse scenarios that are running for those uh, professions or those roles, starting from uh, entry level into advanced. We have multi, uh, multiple attack types, whether it's defacement, DDoS, ransomware, APTs, uh, that you can choose uh, which one you run, want to run in each session. Sessions can take from two hours to six hours, depends on the complexity of the scenario. And you can use it in different use cases. So the main one would be uh, skill development, taking junior staff and build their skills and, uh, skills and confidence in order to make sure they can cope with cyber attacks. And also you can do team training in order to improve uh, team capabilities and collaboration. Another aspect that you can use or another use case is onboarding new members. Whenever you are taking new employees to the SOC and you want to make sure that they are in the same level of your existing SOC, so you can run them through multiple scenarios to make sure that they can cope with before you even get them to do a shift inside your SOC. Another use case is, on, is in order to do candidate assessment. In case you want to recruit already skilled personnel that, that claim they have knowledge and experience in different professions or different roles, you can run them through a couple of hours of a range scenario and making sure that they actually can live up to whatever they're promising and they can solve those scenarios. And last but not least is testing your playbooks and procedures. Eventually you will have inside the range environment different type of cyber attacks and you can use your own procedures to mitigate them. So in order to see whether those procedures are effective, you can have your people practice those procedures inside the range. So uh, we talked about the skill shortage quite a lot. Now let's move to the second challenge or the second setback from the SOC survey around automation and orchestration. So again, we'll start here with a poll regarding the effectiveness of the SOC in your organization. So I would just would like to know how effective is the SOC in your organization, whether you have it or not, and whether you implement it, whether it's successful or not. So I'll give you one minute to answer that before we'll move on. So as you can see that still the majority of uh, you are not really having effective so almost half of you don't have it so still implementing so what we would like to do it will help both your people that are still implementing and those that don't have it yet um, is going over uh, what we need uh, for SOC, impl SOC implementation but first of all I would like to touch some points regarding uh, the SOC survey of the dissatisfaction of uh, using SOC and the challenges in automation orchestration. So my take in regarding to the reasons of, um, of those results is the fact that in those SOC implementation, only few of the organizational tools are really connected and really used as part of as part of the implementation. So eventually the playbooks 
are quite limited in regarding to the work that they are doing. Also, there are challenges in some of the sole products regarding the usability. Many of them have a fancy UI, but when it comes to the day-to-day operation, the operators run back to the scene because they don't get all the information they need in order to understand the, the incident, and they are not utilizing uh, the sole. Um, another aspect is around uh, automating the entire cycle, the ability to support the entire incident response cycle without the use of external tools. So uh, mainly it goes around the investigation. Most of the store product is not really supporting the investigation step that takes a lot of time. And when people need to go back to the CM or some another type of big data solutions to do the investigation, they are not utilizing and closing the loop inside the store. And last uh, point is around the automation and the knowledge. Uh, in many SOCs that actually implement a SOL product don't really designate a person to the automation portion, meaning that they take it as a tool that is not getting uh, the right kind of uh, approach or right kind of uh, mindset, and you are not training the people uh, how to implement automation, how to tweak the out-of-the-box playbooks, and eventually this results in either in unusable uh, playbooks or just don't use the playbooks because uh, you don't have the skills to create the proper playbooks, or it creates some kind of dependency uh, with the vendors that perform the professional services with you. And again, it increases the cycles of each chain request and eventually keeps uh, the satisfaction from the soul minimal. So now, in order to understand uh, what are the key elements for successful SOAR implementation, I will pass uh, the session to Yarden, and she will present for you, for you from her experience what needed to be done in order to success in that. Yarden. Hi, everyone. So my name is Yarden. I have been managing SOAR for many years in the IDF and SOAR MSSP. As a SOC manager, I came across with many products and vendors, especially with the ones supporting the, the SOC, SOC solution in particular. So I want to share with you six key elements that, from my experience, can make a difference and help you for a successful SOC implementation. The first element is to map your challenges. Since there are many reasons to implement SOAR, you first need to identify and prioritize the challenges you want the product to cope with. To start with, there is too much to ingest. Data overload from alerts and logs, the complexity of the environment with endless security tools that the stock needs to know each one of them. On the other hand, the cyber attacks becoming more and more complex different regulation put more focus on requirements for cybersecurity. While having such a complex environment to work in, we already talked about the lack of cybersecurity people and the investigation takes too much time, the increasing number of security tools and the need for measurable metrics to really see what's going on in the stock. How time we spend on each incident, which shift is overloaded and so on. So the bottom line here for you guys would be choosing which aspect you want to improve first and focus on that. 
Moving on to the next element is you need to make sure that the cell product serves your working procedures. We call it see what you need, act fast. You need a product that supports the entire incident response cycle. When you take a cell product, you need to have a high level view of all incidents, open, closed, in progress. And once you focus on one incident, the first thing that you want is to see all the relevant information, data of the incident, involve entities, history, comments in a single glance. Second is the ability to run different response tasks according to the incident. Uh, the response can be from adding no to the incident, run another playbook, or run different commands to different security tools. Digital products should support, help, and improve the stock working procedures and not make life harder. The next element is using best practices. Most of the products come with pre-built out-of-the-box playbooks, but don't be fooled just by the numbers. What you want are playbooks that are comprehensive and support the entire incident response cycle and not just bits and pieces of it. It's not only about the playbook's quantity, it's about the quality. Let's take SQL attempt playbook, usually detected by the WAF, for example. You want to use external enrichment like the Total, Exforce to find uh, the source IP reputation. And if found malicious, we could block the IP as a containment response. And if found suspicious or clean, you want to use internal enrichment, which passes between the different logs in order to get the comprehensive understanding of the incident and take a mediation or eradication action like blocking the IP, inform the site developers about the SQL injection vulnerability and so on. Which brings me to the next element is getting those playbooks out of the box uh, is important, but not enough. Eventually, each organization already has their own working procedures or playbooks and there is no playbook that fits all. So you need to have the ability to customize those playbooks easily in order to adapt them to your working ways. The system should serve you instead of you serving the system. So a key functionality around that is to have an advanced, easy-to-use playbook designer that enables you to customize those playbooks or to build your own from scratch. Important part of the designer is to have the different connectors inside or outside the organization accessible for you to consume from the designer. So having a rich set of connectors, it's important, but not enough. In many cases, you need to customize those connectors on, or in other cases, you have a proprietary system inside your organization. So a key element is to provide you a framework and the flexibility to customize the existing connectors or to build new ones uh, in order to better utilize the chosen implementation inside the organization you wish to use in the process. You need to have the ability to control it. And last but not least, uh, investigation meaning the ability to complete the entire incident response cycle. In any incident, you first collect collect the data, use different enrichment tools, 
and maybe perform some containment actions within the soil. Most soil products stop here while neglecting the investigation phase. The investigation can take from hours to days and using, uh, by using external tools to search multiple logs in order to align and correlate the incident data with external data to get the comprehensive understanding of what happened and decide of what action needs to be taken now. The soil product, uh, you need the soil product to provide you also the ability to perform the investigation task as part of the incident response. And once the investigation is complete, you we can start with the remediation eradication action, which can be covered by more soil products. So now that we have seen the six key elements for successful implementation, let's see how CyberBizSaw products support you to have such a successful implementation. CyberBizSaw products called Talk3D, and it actually covers the orchestration, automation, and uniquely also the investigation process to enable you to cover the incident response cycle in one system. By the way, all the screens you have seen from the key elements are taken from the talk 3 d and available for you as part of the product. We call it, uh, we look at talk 3 d as your stock hub, one centralized place for all alerts, for all incident alerts from different sources, not only from the team. It may be from email, ticketing systems, or directly from the security tool. Once we got an alert, uh, you can, we can use a variety of tools for enrichment and response as part of the playbook, uh, which can be automated or manual. The Stock3D has the ability to consume as an option all the rollouts to the Stock3D platform in order to help you with the investigation process. I want to end with an optimistic note that not everything is bad. We still have some hope, although we saw in the sun survey that the majority of soil users are not satisfied with their soil implementation. I would like to show you some KPIs that we got from our customer after successful thought 3 d implementation that real reassure you the confidence in this product. We have seen a 90% reduction in the response time to incidents, which translates to more incidents per shift or less people per shift. Um, the number of escalation to higher tiers was reduced by half, which helped in reducing the fatigue from routine work. Another KPI was uh, the number of incidents handled in a shift. We have seen that our customer were able to triple the number of incidents handled in a single shift. And the best was that all critical or high severity incidents were closed within the shift. Thank you, Elden. Uh, so in order to add up uh, the session, just two key takeaways for you that we would like you to remember from uh, this session. So first of all is that the skill shortage is something that you have the means to cope with. Don't be um, intimidated by uh, training your people or improving the skills or taking junior staff and training them. You have the means uh, to equip them with the right skills using uh, the hyper-realistic hyper simulation environment. 
and this is something that you can do in order to improve uh, your staffing needs. The second takeaway is around SOAR. SOAR is eventually essential. If you want to have an effective SOAR, you must implement a security orchestration, automation, and response kind of tool. But don't be fooled by superficial features, buzzwords, and all different promises by vendors. Make sure uh, that you are taking a product that will serve your needs. Make sure that you know what you want to do with the product. Uh, prioritize the implementation. Put the right manpower around that and implement that successfully because this is a technology that you must have inside your SOC. So now we'll be happy to take your questions. You can use uh, the GoWebinar uh, UI to fill in some questions in the questions pane, and we will take it and answer it. Thank you. So one question we got was around how much customization needed to be done on the out-of-the-box playbooks when we come to implement it in our customers. Although those playbooks are based on NIST framework, I must say that in the majority of those organizations that we implemented in, we had at least one change in those playbooks to suit the procedures inside the organization. Usually this was something that was done easily as part of the implementation, but there is no one-size-fits-all in playbooks, so eventually we did uh, those tweaking as part of the implementation. Another question we got was in regard to prerequisites to use the cyber range. So the prerequisite around the cyber range actually derives from a scenario to scenario. Some simple scenario doesn't really require uh, much knowledge. In some, uh, there is a need to be familiar with using the C management, the firewall management, a bit of Linux uh, log management. So actually each of those scenarios uh, actually shows the stock manager what are the prerequisite uh, that are, is required from uh, the participants in the training in order to conduct uh, the scenario. And based on that, he can match the scenario to the staff that he has inside the SOC. Another question we got, uh, how much time takes uh, it a basic implementation of Cyberbit SOC 3D solution? So typical implementation would be um, all in all around one week where we have the installation, uh, the training, and the initial customization. So once we equip the customer with the knowledge on tweaking uh, the playbooks and tweaking also the connectors, they can continue independently doing uh, the rest of the implementation. Of course, we also offer professional services, but in most cases, we cover the entire implementation within one week. Another question we got, can I train my red team in the cyber range? So the answer is yes. So we actually have, as I said, different kinds of uh, sessions inside the range. So we have uh, training for uh, tier one, tier two SOC analysts. We have training for malware analysts, and we also have training for my, uh, pen testers or red teams. In the test and the scenarios for red teams, we have a specific environment with a specific goal where um, the attacker is getting um, a Kali Linux machine inside either a user segment or internet segment, and is being tasked in order to get 
a specific uh, target within the network, uh, and then the system actually monitors this activity, and based on that, grades uh, the scenario. By the way, talking about the grading and evaluation, one of the features that we have in the range is sort of self-evaluation, meaning that uh, the trainer or no one needs to supervise the trainees. Whatever they are doing is being recorded, and they are getting grades based on uh, the achievement of covering the different goals inside the scenarios. They, each scenario has the list of best practices of what are the goals that the trainee need to achieve. And based on the different achievements, whether it's uh, detecting logs or performing mitigation actions, he will get a feedback where, whether he's on the right direction or not. There is also an option to give hints to the trainee in cases where you want to have a more junior staff going on through the scenarios and you want them to use the hints. Whenever they use the hints, it's being recorded. So eventually you as supervisor will know whether he managed to do it by himself or whether he used hints, and you can also incorporate some quizzes as part of that. Any more questions? We have five more minutes to the top of the hour. Okay, I think we can wrap up. Thank you for your time. We'll be happy to take any follow-up questions. Uh, you can email uh, me or Yarden if you want to have specific help in regarding our technologies uh, or some additional questions you may have on the SOC survey results. As I said previously, we have the entire uh, report to be downloaded from sabebit.com. Uh, Go to the resource section and you will be able to download the full report from there. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of the day. Goodbye.